Welcome to uh, chapter two of this podcast. And um, I know I titled it Homeless Escapades or whatever. Um, but I want to turn that around, I guess. Um, it's, it's basically this chapter is about my adventure as being homeless. Um, I guess the status has not changed and I'm still in the same situation mentally, uh, but not physically at the moment, I guess. Well, that could all change in the blink of an eye. But uh, when I first, growing up, um, I never thought that I would be actual homeless. Uh, I never thought that I would be without a place to go. And I always thought that I would have uh, relatives or family members, uh, even though adopted, I still thought that I would have people as support. And I guess... um, Growing up, I never thought that it would get to this point in my lifetime. So this this uh, reflection is based on uh, merely on my life growing up. If you listen to chapter one, um, it kind of explained how it led to me being homeless. Um, but I guess I left out a couple details in within this first twenty or so minutes. I want to uh, fill in those details and uh, I want to uh, let you know that not you might not like everything you hear and it might not sit well with everyone Um, and it's not for everyone Um, so I can understand to those who don't like to hear um, this type of negative energy or or, or not positive energy Um, but me doing this helps others um, I think see the light um, and know that they're not on their own Um, like I said I grew up in a in the foster care system I was adopted and uh I do apologize if my voice changed. I, I do get a, one, I get awkward, and then two, it, it's kind of a hard topic to even discuss. Talking of my past, uh, most who know me know that I never speak of my past uh, because of what happened to me. Um, and I guess this is a sort of point of me embracing it. So, But uh, like I said, I grew up in the foster care system, and I since one years old and I was always told stories about how difficult it was to do this that and the other um, with me and my uh, brother and um, I guess what I'm about to tell you nobody's never heard before Um, I assume that he probably never told anybody before but uh we always uh, face difficult, challenging times um, at home, and not just from our adoptive parents. That their their um, treatment of us wasn't always um, the worst. Many times it was discipline, and at the time we saw it as the worst difficult moments um, because of what we was going through. Um, so I guess 
what I'm leading up to is that how I became rebellious is how I end up being homeless. Um, and the reason for me being rebellious and having this type of energy inside of me uh, mostly came from my time in school. Um, like I said, I went to a public school. Uh, most of this stuff started happening back in elementary and then it progressed through middle school and on to high school. Um, not to say my entire life is the worst life I ever had or the worst life ever somebody will ever live or experience, but it is a uh, pretty rough moment. Um, and so as I reflect on it right now, like I said earlier, um, my voice is going to change. Uh, I may sound a little shaky or not, um, but that's that's okay. But anyways, uh, I remember in middle school, my first day in uh, sixth grade or, or so, um, I remember walking into the classroom uh, and, and uh, on one occasion it, I would sit in the back of the room. I never sat up front because I never wanted to draw attention to myself. Of course, I'm not the most popular person uh, in the world and I'm not the most attractive person in the world and I can accept that. <clears throat> but each uh, each each day I would go and it would it would be a different situation and this would be through every year of my middle school and every year of my high school um, and even sometimes uh, afterwards. But uh, I remember walking into class one time and one of the, I, I got to the point to where I couldn't take any more of the verbal abuse. Um, I, usually I would punch a locker or punch a wall um, to show my uh, anger, to show my aggressions, aggression, so that people would step away <coughs> from me or whatnot, and so that they would, I guess, in my eyes, I wanted them to fear me, uh, which in reality, uh, I didn't want to uh, hurt anybody, and so it got to the point to where I never did, but was I hurt? Yes. Um, like I said, I remember walking into class, and I remember the uh, the person who I spoke to um, was from around the neighborhood or whatnot. wasn't uh, the most charming individual, and wasn't definitely wasn't the most friendly individual. Um, he said something to me. I got snappy or wordful with my um, or thoughtful with my words, and I called him a couple derogatory names, and I. Uh, pushed his limits I guess you can say uh, before I knew it his hands was uh grabbing me and slamming me onto the ground and, and <clears throat> as I lay there on the ground I decided to not move where of course I couldn't move because pain was doing his thing or whatnot and so I sat there and um at that point I thought I had broke my back uh, to be honest and of course everybody else around me laughed or whatever and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, should I get up and fight back or should I just sit here and be a wimp? And uh, of course, in the end, I sat there and was a wimp. Um, just moments like those were repetitive, not in the same actions, but repetitive as in the same type of incidents uh, with different people. Um, it got to the point to where 
instead of one bully. And, and it wasn't just happening to just me, but also my brother was experiencing, experiencing this a whole nother different way. Um, so if you can imagine leaving school, coming home, uh, and feeling like you can't tell anybody what's going on, uh, struck a moment in my mind. Um, so if you can imagine how I felt, um, how emotionally I felt at the end of each day after these events, uh, and I can remember another time to where I remember getting picked up, <clears throat> tossed in one of the uh, large garbage cans. And if you're not familiar with the type of garbage cans I'm talking about, think about the ones that are in public uh, that house trash from all over. But I remember getting picked up, slammed into the trash can and spat on it and the pencil shavings thrown over my face and trash poured all over me or whatnot and then kicked down the stairs while in the trash can. It was a crazy moment. <clears throat> I mean, you know, you get up from those things and then I would run off and go to the restroom and or bathroom, <laughs> restroom, whatever, and uh, consider my options, uh, which was, I was powerless. I couldn't tell anybody, because uh, what was they going to do inside of a school full of males and what, whatnot? So it was a total different period uh, for me during middle school and high school. And these type of events would happen frequently. Uh, so going home, we didn't want to uh, worry those who took care of us at all. As a matter of fact, uh, we tried to keep it away from everybody else. And at the time, we never wanted to reach out. Because the more you reach out, of course, the more bullies react, uh, especially if they get in trouble for the actions. But this this type of stuff happened repeatedly um and once we got home it was a, it was another story uh, because not only did we become rebellious but we also became upset with ourselves um upset with who we are um and that type of stuff it, it doesn't just go away it doesn't disappear over time it, it doesn't change over time and uh you remember those type of things because those same people you get to see them I, I got to see them from middle school all the way up into high school through high school my brother uh only got to see him up from middle school into half of high school because he switched to a different high school uh, but we got to experience those moments uh throughout half of our life a long period of our life and we, we got a chance to be reminded of those moments and of course to this day some of the same people um, I, I get to see their faces on social media um, sometimes in public and I don't hate I, I don't hate any anyone uh, who took part in those uh, incidents or uh, who because I'm going to assume that they're a better person right now uh but did it change me on the inside? Did it change me and my brother on the inside? Yes, it did. Um, to this day, it still changed. Still, it's a fresh memory 
in my uh, head. And those are only a few moments that I can uh, recall clearly um, as if I would see them um, as if they would happen yesterday. But um, we would go home and we would go to our rooms and do homework and read and stuff like that. Uh, mind you, we're middle class students at this point. Um, there's there's no TV in our room, no cell phone devices. Any cell phone device we had was because we hustled and bought it on our own without her knowledge. Um, and we'll only use them at night and during school time or whatnot. But we would go home and tend to our homework and, and whatnot. And sometimes it would get to the point to where we would feel so depressed and upset with ourselves. Um, and we would take that anger out on others. And if only we knew how to uh, make the connection to reach out to somebody who understood us at the time, we probably would have acted differently. And I know for sure I probably would have acted differently. But it got into the point to where we felt like nowhere. We belong nowhere in life. And even going to school was not the place for us. Um, unfortunately, there was no not going to school. Um, so it got to the point to where I would just build that stuff up inside of my head, inside of my chest or whatnot. And I would just try to change the image of myself. And that's when I started dressing up differently. I started to dress out even more. Um, I thought that if I could change the outer appearance of myself, and um, that would make me feel somewhat better about going to the place that I hated so much. Um, and even coming back to the place that I hated so much. Um, so I started to use my uh, resources. Um, I would go to the st thrift stores and buy suits and dress clothes uh, with the little money we had that we got. Um, and I would use that to change up my image. And my brother would he would, he's the, he's a comedy type of person. He's a funny type of guy. He would use his comedy uh, stunts to uh, to get people to like him and whatnot. And so that that's how he got by it. But there are many other ways we got by um, these challenging times. And I'm glad I, I uh, I'm glad we did, because the road that we was traveling down was definitely a road to. Uh, in our lives very soon. Um, in fact, I remember uh, I remember taking a, 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 a I remember threatening myself to kill myself um, because of those actions and because of how I felt. Um, and there are plenty of times that we we tried uh, but I got something in the back of our heads pushed us forward, and uh, here we are today. But um, this is what led to all the rebellious uh, moments in my life, and this is what led towards my rebellion towards my own adoptive mother because I thought she didn't care about any of our feelings, about what was going on. I mean, there would be times I would be on the bus, uh, and my bully would sit. It's like I got a personal bully. Uh, 
I can't go anywhere without him. But he would sit right next to me, him and all his buddies or whatever, and he would take the permanent permanent sharker, Sharpie marker and would write on my face uh, during the entire ride. Um, so this is like 15 to 20 some minutes of a ride. And soon after that, we started to walk everywhere. We started to walk to school, walk back from school. We only caught the bus barely. Um, but he would write on my face the entire bus ride and it would, it got to the point to where I would just sit there and take it um, from being hit in the head. And I was, so it got to the point to where we wanted to take our own lives. And I can't think of uh, why somebody would push your buttons that way or why they would be, um, why they would, uh, make you feel that type of way but it, it, it that happened and uh that pushed our rebellious side out of us so leading up until midway through high school it started to show even more um i would get kicked out of it for me i would get more aggressive in my eyes um than my brother would he's more the quiet type when it comes to that type of stuff um, but I would I would punch mirrors and I would punch walls or whatever to take out my anger. I would go outside and use an axe to chop wood at, uh, because of my anger. And <clears throat> that that didn't help at all because I would come back inside even more pissed off at myself, at who I was, at our position in life. Um, because we were poor, because we didn't have much. Um, and I wasn't appreciative as I am now of my situations in life. Um, but now when I don't have anything, when I don't have this, when I don't have that, I'm still appreciative of the small stuff. And that's, that's what changed over the years. Um, but overall that stuff pushed me and, and I got so rebellious to where I would get kicked out of the house. Um, beatings would do nothing. Discipline us would do nothing to me um from where i come from i'm from from georgia so that's that's a whole different place where most people who will probably listen to this um is from a whole nother part of the united states but whatever's around you got uh hit with and uh it got to the point to where whatever object was used against me i, I could i would take the pain because that pain would be satisfaction to me um in a way and I know this may sound silly to most people, but I used that pain to uh, ease the pain that I was feeling on the inside. I'm pretty sure if I would have spoke up about what I was going through, I probably would have received help, which is why a closed mouth uh, don't get fed at all. And so times I get kicked out would be for hours. I would sit out on the steps. I would play around in the forest or the woods or whatnot and. At the time, I I was a child, so I, I I wasn't listening. I didn't understand the uh, punishment. Um, I just thought it was just her being me, but it wasn't. It was uh, strengthening me to become useful later on down the line. 
Um, but all this led up to my me being homeless. Like I said, when they got time for me to go get ready to do all this stuff for college, um, I did most of this stuff on my own because I was, once again, rebellious. And you're probably going to hear that word a lot during the series, but I became so rebellious until my actions led up to her not caring anymore um, as much as she was beforehand. And that put me through a difficult time as well. It pushed out new situations that I never thought I would have to face, such as being called the cops on so many times or thinking that I might die. Um, and, and not just because the cops were called for false accusation, but just because, of course, I'm African-American in a city where tons of police officers, uh, different police officers from different there's no telling how they're going to take this call when it comes to them on the radio. Um, at one time, six or seven cop cars pulled up, and I'm like, holy crap, what did I do today? <laughs> you know, in my head, I'm like, man, I'm about to die today because look at these guys are getting out the cars with, you know, beef, big guys. You know, they're not the, the smallest cops in the world, but... At times I thought I would die um, because of what happened. And, but in the end, it was all my fault. And once I got up so rebellious until the part to where she, I guess, completely cut me off. Um, I lost her support and going forward in life. And, and that itself will lead to me becoming homeless. Uh, the first time I became homeless was right after my first semester in college. Um, I was still a freshman after my first semester, of course, but my college had just cut me off from financial aid. Um, they wasn't, I didn't know what to do. Here I am new to college. I'm new to the entire system. I'm new to a bunch of other things in life. And here I am wondering, well, how am I supposed to, uh, achieve this stuff how am I supposed to get the support I needed to get back in school while well, I lost their support like I said it I, I'm pretty sure I probably referred to how the reaction was to me choosing to go to school and um, it was simple the number one and I and I often stated this as much as I could possibly I, I even said hey um I can't live like this. I don't want to end up living like this, even though in reality I am still like that because all I did was get a piece of paper. No uh, work to show for it yet itself or studying and getting grades or whatever. But in my head, I, I kept saying out loud too as well, I don't want to uh, end up working a minimum wage job. I don't want to work as, at a restaurant or drive through window I don't want to do any of that I know that I have the mindset to accomplish something greater and I and I truly believe that because I do um, even though I had the trouble sometimes um, all that stuff that built up inside of me was pushing me forward to not just prove something for my to others but I had to prove something for myself um, so at the time, I'm thinking, I'm doing this for me, which in reality, when you choose situations in life, you're mostly doing it for you. However, um, 
I wanted to do this because I knew that it could benefit others. And I knew that what I went through in life can help others. So I knew that in order for me to achieve greatness, I first have to attain a degree. Um, now I'm on my third, which I don't know how I got there. But I first had to attain a degree and I had to get out of the um, the situation I was in. I had to break that link. Nobody in my family ever finished college. Actually, they went to college and got kicked out. So nobody ever graduated from college that I know of. Um, so first generation student here. So here I, I'm off to school, don't know anything, got kick, kicked out because I couldn't afford it. In reality, her words had became true. Um, at the time, I didn't want to accept that fact, but yeah, I got into school and I was doing good or whatever, but I didn't know how to do scholarships, financial aid, and all this other stuff. I needed her signature, but without her support, I couldn't get back in. So going back home, of course, that rebellion is, was still in me because now I'm disappointed in myself because here I am kicked out of school because I can't afford it. Knowing I can't afford it, and I still can't afford it, and I'm not going to front. Uh, I still can't afford uh, school. I'm barely skating by. Um, but knowing that I can't afford it uh, pushed me to be more rebellious when coming back as a freshman. And uh, I was told me, hey, got to get a job. Got to start paying bills around here, you know. And, I'm, yeah, that's common sense. So I pursued a job, many different leads, and I didn't find any other place that was hiring. Um, so I picked up a job with my uncle and whatnot. And uh, hence, this is the first step into me becoming homeless. Uh, two, three, four weeks after that, I remember her saying, hey, man, I, the job I had with my uncle was an auto mechanic. Uh, that's not the most cleanest job. You got to have the right clothes and got to have the right experience as well. Um, me, I was just glad I was making a little change to put in my pocket until I can get back on my feet to pay for uh, college. However, uh this job um, wasn't the type of job she was looking for, and it was it was not the right standards. And I wasn't being the right type of person. I was coming home all times of late, super late, um, two two in the morning, etc. Three in the morning. Um, that was still a curfew, regardless of how old I was. Her house, her rules. You had to be home at a certain time, um, and it wasn't appreciative coming in late. Say you're disturbing the people who's sleeping, and you're disturbing the kids. And like I said, she was she's taking care, not just me and my brother, but other people as well. So I had to be respectful of that. And at the time, I probably wasn't respectful of that, but I had to get a job, so I had no other choice. And I remember uh, when she first said. Oh, I overheard her talking um, about how this wasn't going to work. And I knew it was coming at the time, but I didn't know it was going to come so fast. But when she, you got to find another job. I was like, I can't. There's nothing else out there hire. Well, you can't keep doing And we got into our argument. And I, and, it, and I knew it was building up until where I would be, A, the cops called on me. Um, B, I'd get in trouble somehow get arrested i couldn't have that so i had no other choice but to leave um and 
She was like, well, you can get out. I remember those words. And I was like, well, it's her house. Let me uh, abide by these rules. And like, I, I think I told you guys about how I went through that first period of homeless and then I got up into the part of um, going to AA meetings during my second stage of homelessness. Um, the, the most important, I think, adventure that I ever had while being homeless. And a lot of people are like probably wondering why calling it adventure if you, it's not a good time. And you're right, it's ne never, none of the uh, moments that I had while I was homeless was the most happiest times of my life. Uh, nope, it wasn't. But what I want to talk about today um, about my homeless adventures is uh, the mask that I put on and why <clears throat> this mask was so important to me. Uh, for one, nobody really knew that I was homeless except probably the, my uh, brother, adopted brother, uncle, whatever. It's complicated <laughs> who I work for. Probably was the only person actually that Friday that I left him. He didn't even know at the time. Nobody knew at the time. Only me. And uh, not even my own brother knew. Um, at the time, my relationship grew weaker than I wish it would have became stronger after that. Of course, he wished me well and whatnot. We uh, even shed a couple of tears during that time I was kicked out. But overall, um, nobody knew I was homeless. Now, no, nobody who... I went to school with nobody, nobody who I went to church with, nobody who I served with as community service projects, nothing. Nobody knew it. Um, so once I got into the program, well, I had to rebuild all my clothes and all this other type of stuff. So once I got fresh clothes and stuff like that, I got a little couple change in my pocket. I went to buy jeans and stuff like that. And I would visit home. Um, and everybody would ask, how am I? It wasn't until later they would find out that I was living inside of a homeless shelter. And um, the reason I, I bring this situation up is that it was an adventure. Yeah. And um, it was definitely a hard time. But what I did wrong was uh, put on a mask. And those who... Who know me who are really close i always talk about wearing a mask um how i wear a mask um in fact in college um in my first second college at up in fort kent i had this sticky on the back of my door that um says hey calvin don't forget your mask and, and the reason why i say that is that when i was homeless i, I would always put on this a different persona i would always I would go to church looking the most cleanest person ever, but realizing I have to go back to sleeping on a metal bed at that night inside of a homeless shelter with guys who have been to jail for tons of crimes, um, would harm you and not even think twice about it. Um, no offense to any of these guys because they're, they be, later on would become family, uh, my new family. Uh, from the streets or not, but nobody even knew um, what I was going through at the time, and I didn't know how to even approach the situation myself. I was still experiencing being homeless myself, um, so this would be 
something that would taunt me as I would move through this process. And as I became a little bit more financially stable, um, when I started working at the uh, uh, Rich Carts and Hotel, or the Carts and Hotel, whatever, downtown Atlanta, um, that's when I became a little bit more financially stable. Um, and slowly people started to notice that I was homeless. Uh, church members would see me downtown in the blue shirts from Georgia Words, and, and it, it then started to come out piece by piece that I was homeless. Uh, so I was, I couldn't pretend anymore because people would then know. Um, did they change the way they uh, helped? Yeah, a couple people did. Uh, some people continue to move and that's one thing else from from these adventures I, I didn't want to uh depend on anybody uh, because I felt like this was my fault this was my thing I had to go through and it was my trials that I had to go through uh, my mountain that I had to climb pretty much uh, my battle that I picked myself because I was rebellious and I was stupid at the time of course I didn't repeat any of the stuff that I'm saying now I didn't believe I was rebellious, but the reason why I didn't depend on anybody because I felt like there was nobody to depend on. And it's definitely hard to pretend like everything is okay and pretend like your life is peaches and creams. But it's not. I'm waking up every day not knowing what I'm going to eat because, frankly, I was getting tired of eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I was getting tired of having apple and milk for breakfast or a cereal, the little small bowls of cereal for breakfast, you know, and that would last for the rest of the day up until dinner time. Because while I worked at the hotel, I would probably only get one meal if I chose to, but I didn't want to seem like I was a beggar, so I downplayed it. Um, I was too, I guess, not thoughtful of myself and always thoughtful of others. And I guess I've always been like that, but I'm okay with that. And so as I um, continue to develop understanding this homeless process, I, I would always wear that mask. And it's always wrong to do this. Uh, it's always wrong to pretend like everything is okay. And even today, um, people may see where I post positive stuff, but deeply on the inside um, you're always struggling you're always struggling with yourself um, you're always dealing with things that you can't always speak to everybody about and and to be honest this this uh series is a way for me to communicate with my inner self and with others who may be going through something similar because uh, everybody go through something differently and we have to understand that we're not all going to go through the same stuff um, it's going to be difficult times that we're going to have but one word of advice i would give people is never pretend like you're okay and i guess you can say well how can you tell people that if you're still doing it today um that is correct i'm still doing the same uh, pretending but at the same time um i see both the bad and the good uh, I woke up today, so I still can't complain that much. So even though I may have a couple downside moments of my uh, day, 
I still try to be positive towards everybody else um, because I, I never want people to a feed off my negative energy. B. Um, use that to their advantage. And then C. Um, influence other people to be negative because of my negativeness. Um, so those three important points are are, are very key for me. Um, although some some days may not be or may not go the way that I want to, or my life may not be where I want it to be because I, I guarantee you, uh, just because I have two different degrees and pushing for a third and I still have nothing to represent, I, I still... My purpose in life has not been fulfilled yet, and that's something I'm still working on. But I'm not going to be financially stable long after college, and I still have yet to understand and accept that. But regardless of this mask that I wear of positivity, uh, positive vibes or sharing inspirational quotes or anything of that nature, I'm still going to be upset in life and it's okay to be upset with yourself upset with the world as long as you know there is hope um and that's kind of why i uh named this series the name i did uh because a well it's of course um there's no destination needed uh, because at the same time, yeah, I got my dreams and passion and goals, but that may always change. But there's no destination needed for me to have hope. There's no destination needed for me to have pain and uh, sadness because that stuff already exists. And I feel like this is a way for me to encourage others to, hey, hang in there because um, I did. One before and this, I guess, the last point of this series or this chapter right now Um is that during my homeless time, I developed a passion, a deeper passion for music because I had already accepted music as for what it was. Um, but I think when you go through hard times and you go through difficult times, you start to appreciate music a little bit more and you search for artists that have a little bit more meaning to their music than just the materialistic things and just X, Y, and Z. Um, so I gained the more connection i connected more with music uh, different artists um so many artists i can't even start to, i can name a few but man that would only be a few I, my list is it, it moved from super long and so hopefully um those who are out there today will um who, who's listening to this will understand that you're not alone there's different ways that you can connect and express your feelings. Don't hold those feelings in like I did because they tend to build up and push you to do things that you wish you never would have done. Um, to this day, I do regret everything I did. Am I not happy for what I did or not accepting what I did? I'm going to say I have 90% accepted what happened to me um, from the bullying, from the depression to suicidal thoughts to everything up until now. Um, I have accepted everything that has and will happen to me at 95%. Yeah, 95%. Um, I wish it could be 100, but it can never be 100. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be 
100 in life. Um, you're going to have to accept that regardless of what you have. And anybody that tells you differently, they're lying <laughs> to you. And that's a shame. Um, don't believe them. Uh, it's going to be a 50-50 chance in a way on certain things. Um, but anyways, I want to thank you guys for listening, um, for tuning in. Um, give it a follow. Um, look forward to posting more episodes or more chapters. Um, the next chapter might go back to a period in my life or whatnot or a certain time. I don't know yet. Still thinking on how I want to uh, run this because already two chapters and you heard you got a general overview of my uh, life up until this point. Um, I guess I probably could cover something different, a different experience in life pretty much. But I do want to thank you guys for listening. Um, if you enjoy or if you got any f questions or feedback, I'm always open to uh, feedback. Um, any any of the uh, social media things that are listed on the uh, page or wherever you may find this podcast. Uh, so I do want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. Um, I will try to keep it up under an hour. Um, and I guess the smaller episodes or smaller chapters will probably be no longer than 20 to 30 uh, minutes at max. But anyways, thank you guys for listening uh, to my chapter of uh, being homeless. Um, peace.